Welcome back to the Narrow Pod Between Pages, where we read the narrow road between desires, page by page, and then we talk about it. This is page number 90. It was elsewhere. Closer to hand, it was more like a razor, freshly stopped, freshly strapped and pressed against his throat. The fact that the boy didn't know his hand was on the handle wasn't at all reassuring. And as if the situation wasn't tangled tight enough, the boy had broken faith with Bass before. That was no little thing. Before coming to this place with his master, Bass would have reveled in the boy's betrayal. Revenge was such a simple, raw desire. Satisfying, clean as fire, there was a sort of dark, hard joy that came from settling a score so solidly it burned some mortal's life straight down to ash. Instead, for the first time, Bass found he wasn't free to do such things. Or rather, he was free to choose between desires. To take this sweet and terrible revenge that was due. Or to continue to assist his master. To keep their masks intact and stay here tucked away inside the new built inn, all hidden in this quiet little town. And so, last summer... Bass chose to thwart his own desire, an act as natural as pulling out his own tongue. And yes, he had still paid Reich back for his betrayal. And yes, he'd wrought revenge all cunning, coy, and cruel. But still, for the end of the page, I'm Patrick. I'm then. I'm Amrita, and I'm amazed. (laughs) Yeah? Well, how come? I feel like we got some revelations. On this page. Uh, the one that leaped out of the page most to me is um, that he has already taken revenge on Reich. I don't think that's something we knew in the Lightning Tree. Very true. I, mean, I think we know that, you know, like in the in the dialogue at the end of the last chapter, Reich said, haven't I paid for that already? Or something that one of that line. So I don't know. Mm. I think this is new, though, the whole going on about how he's you know he, he had his own cunning and coy and cruel revenge and yeah there's definitely some new material here for sure and what what that points to yeah. i'm certain we'll find out I, I don't know if we will find out i mean we, we certainly didn't in lightning tree maybe they'll flush it out i don't know maybe you're right I don't we know. just know that he got some he, he right had been paid back for his betrayal but we don't know exactly what that entailed and I don't think we got exactly what Reich's betrayal was, too. That's say a good point, you know. Say that we again? don't know what Reich did. Oh, uh, what did, what, oh, uh, right. Yeah. All this time when Bass talks about it, it feels like, somehow it feels like, oh yeah, I like that bastard, he did something. But we actually have no idea mm-hmm. what he did. Except that he lied to Bast. Yeah, maybe that alone was enough. I like the the metaphor of the description the description of the metaphor as a <clears throat> as a, a finely a sharpened razor being held up against Bass's throat, and that the fact that the wielder of the debt, aka the blade, is unaware of it makes it nonetheless disquieting. Yeah, yeah. very disturbing. There's a weird word there. Uh, that Pat read as stopped first, but then he read it as dropped. 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 So that's when you take a piece of leather 
and a, and a razor and you run it back and forth and you, it's like a, the last step of sharpening a blade is to strop over leather and that produces the, the keenest edge. Wow. To yeah, the so listeners, that's also something um, you can do in between sharpening too. Because when you, when you use a blade, the, you know, on a tiny level, the blade kind of folds over. And so that will straighten it back out. So that's what stropping does. Wow, you guys know a lot about blades. Should I, is there a need for concern? Well, now you made it sound weird. <laughs> you guys know so much about knives. What's up with that? <laughs> with cooking, you have to keep your knives sharp. So they teach you how to, um, you know, how to use a whetstone. <laughs> and then, and the final, like, if you really want to go to the next level, then you do the stropping. I don't, I don't ever usually do it. I wanted to say to the listeners that uh, while describing stropping, Vin was making like a movement that reminded me of uh, playing the violin. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, yes, it's, well, anyway, so the listeners are are probably not loving that. Uh, Let's, (laughs) let's. Let's talk more about um, another the interesting thing that uh, jumped out was that uh, there's a sentence that starts before coming to this place with his master, which tells us that Bast met Quoth uh, before coming here. Which I nice. think we knew before. good good eyes. That's a good pull. You pulled that one. That was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We don't know exactly how. I think in the main books it said they'd been together for about two years, but I don't know exactly how long. Oh. They've been in, in, in Noir. Maybe it was, they've, they've been in Noir for two years. Hmm. But it also says new built in. Right. So, so they built it when they came like, in. Yeah. I'm going to assume that Bast and Quoth met in the Fae. Ooh. That's a, right? that's a yeah, I always I always thought that Bast heard about Quoth and sought him out. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that if Koth ever went back to the Fae, that he wouldn't be able to return because Felurian wouldn't let him escape. Well, I'm 100% convinced he's going back to the Fae in the next book. Okay, why is that? Without a doubt. And whether whether he has to deal with Felurian, I'm not sure, but he's definitely going to be there. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. But I I agree that um, it's... It's a nice idea that Bast just like uh, stumbles into Koth in the Fae. But I also, before this, had thought, with, uh, as Pat said, that, that Bast sought out Koth in like the mortal world, I assumed. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe yeah, he recognized him as the rare him. mortal that was worth his time. Because mm-hmm. Bast's a prince of some sort, right? Isn't mm-hmm. Prince of Twilight. Prince Twilight. of Twilight. We don't know what that actually means. That might just be like a symbolic title. But well, is Flurian is the what of of what's her des- designation on the time skit on the spectrum of like daytime? She's she in, twilight. in twilight too, right? Yes, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have like a a title. A I think her twilight. Or- I think her name is almost her title. Like it's it. She is Florian. She is older than Faye. She's uh oh. That's sorry. RJ has. Correct us. She is Lady of Twilight, I believe. I think that's right. Wait, is Bast related to Felurian? There's no. speculation about that. Could be. Uh, unknown. Lots of people think so. 
but he's like terrified when so so he finds out that Koth saw Felurian at the same time as we all find out, right? Because he's shocked and oh no wait. It's like That's, a fairy that like he was fairy. terrified. Okay. Never mind, never mind. I'm But yeah. This is that, that all occurred at the, right at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the stories about Quoth and Felurian are widespread and I'm I'm sure Bast already heard about that oh, before right. they died. Yeah. That's true. Now I feel bad because I can imagine listeners like shaking things at their, at their <laughs> podcast okay, device. Let correct. them shake. <laughs> if you want to write in and, and tell shake. us about it, you can do that at narrowpodbetweenpages at gmail.com. Please write to us. I'm the mailbag. I am starving. Oh, I'm hungry. going to die. I'm hungry. <laughs> oh. You don't want mailbag to die, do you, listeners? <laughs> His oh, death would be on your hands. It would yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All the listeners, we just like round them up. Do you want a mailbag to die? Please donate. <laughs> donate. <laughs> Think of the poor mailbag. Okay. And we can play some beautiful music from <laughs> um, something else I wanted to point out on the page. Sarah McLaughlin. Um, we had a. a couple lines that rhymed and then it didn't we didn't rhyme after that uh, revenge was such a simple raw desire satisfying clean as fire uh oh there's that, we, didn't, yeah. we didn't rhyme again but i thought that was a nice little piece in there yeah what do you think about i we totally didn't talk about the bottom half of the page where he's talking about <laughs> We should probably talk about that. We still have time. Like he used to just uh, act on every desire, and then since meeting his master, he's had to choose between desires. I mean, that's kind of the theme of the whole book, so maybe it's not uh, surprising that we didn't immediately talk about it. Yeah, it, it is. It is definitely a big part of the theme. Um, it, it's interesting that you know he doesn't. Maybe this is like the first time he's had conflicting desires. He's normally just got one, and then he just does it. And it's like, oh, yeah. I can't do both of these things I want. And that's it's interesting that's such a foreign concept to him. Exactly. I was thinking that, like, in the Fae, how is it not possible that there's ever a conflicting desire? You know, like, um, it's just the nature of, like, human people and interacting with people. Maybe mm. the Fae are different somehow, but it, just, it struck me as a bit weird. That's an interesting point, actually, especially with the complexities of the Fae in court, because we don't get a lot of details, but we got yeah. like, these little things can offend different factions in the court, and it's a huge deal. And yeah, so that's a good point. Yeah, I find it hard to imagine that he's never had to think, you know, like I could do this, but then that person would be upset. And then, yeah. In the, in the Fae in realm, the ego is just, it's just pure ego. There's no id to prevent you from making poor decisions. All right, Vinnie Freud. Um, <laughs> we, will, we will make poor decisions on yes. the next narrow page. page. I'm dying, I'm the mailbag. So hungry. So hungry.